Good morning, Year 6. Hope you are well. Um, this is Mrs Hunt and I'm going to start you off with what will be the final read of Time Travelling with a Hamster. Okay, so if you turn to page 372, I will read a chapter. I will ask you to put me on pause and then you will read a couple of chapters. And when you restart the podcast, I will continue reading. So very much like our guided reading sessions. If at any time you want a break or you're interrupted, by all means, put me on pause and carry on when you do have the time. OK, so chapter 80, page 372. Dear Pi. With luck, you'll be reading this on the morning of August the 1st, 1984. Sorry I didn't turn up to the beach like we agreed. It's a little difficult for me to know exactly how much I can put into this letter. But if it all works, then things will become clearer, I promise. Meeting you has changed my life, changed my world. But don't be scared by this. It's a good thing, mostly. There is just one thing I want you to do, Pi, or rather not do. Please, Pi, do not go out on the lean green, on the, let me try that again. Pi, please do not go out on the lean, mean green machine today. That was a bit of a mouthful, sorry. That's all. I can't really tell you why, but you must believe me. And, for good measure, next time you go down the promenade, there's a brick on the path which you should move. While I'm here, though, a couple of things occur to me. Number one, Macca is bad news. I think you have already worked that one out. Number two, if you become a dad, Call your first son, Albert Einstein Hawking, after me. Number three, never mess with time travel. Ask your dad about it. He knows a better way. Got that? If you don't do anything else, just trust me on the go-kart thing. Don't use it today. Trust me like you've never trusted anyone before in your life. To show you how important this is to me, I'm trusting you with something of mine. Please look after Alan Shearer. He's the best hamster ever. And I really hope I see you again sometime in the future. Your true friend, Al. Okay, I'm going to ask you now to read chapter 81. And it is just over three pages so i'd like you to now read chapter 81 which is just three pages and i will read chapter 82 so please press pause now okay i hope you have all read chapter 81 i'm now going to read chapter 82 page 378 I turn away from the tin tub. 
I don't even want to see whether it works this time or what happens. I turn away and crouch down with my, with my head on my knees. And before I cover my eyes, I see that walking towards me is the skinny policeman. He's radio crackling. Behind him, getting out of the squad car, is the policeman. All right, son, don't move. Just stay there, son. Just stay there. He's talking in a calm voice and he's holding hands out, palms up. He's really close now. And as I contemplate the failure of my mission and at such a late stage, I've just got nothing left. My shoulders slump and my head droops and I'm suddenly more exhausted than I ever thought possible. And I just kind of fall forward. Okay, guys, that was chapter 82, a very short chapter. I'm now going to ask you to read chapter 83 and 84. It is approximately five pages altogether. And then I will read the final chapter, which is page 85. So I want you to read chapter 83 and 84. I will read the final chapter 85. Put me on pause, please. And I'm back. You should have read chapters 83 and 84. And I'm about to start chapter 85, page 386. This is the final chapter. And that is pretty much it. Did I change the world? Well, I changed mine and dad's and mom's and grandpa Byron's. I've told them everything, but only dad really understands. He dug out my letter from a drawer of his old stuff and we all looked at the selfies on my mobile. And even then, there were still loads of unanswered questions. For example, the night it all happened, I had left the house, this house, for an hour without saying where I was going. That was the me that had been living with mum and dad up until then, not me. And then the other me, me, sent the letter with Alan Shearer and that world changed. I say... And then, like, it was a linear progression of time, one incident after the other. But now I know, or I think I do, that's not how it works. It's all very confusing. If you wish to pause and read that paragraph again, I would completely understand because, my goodness me, was that a confusing paragraph. For a while, I was worried that the other me, my doppelganger, was going to return from his walk and stroll back into the house, which, have, which would have been totally awkward. But it seems like that's not going to happen after all. I often wonder where that me is. Or the Grandpa Byron with the bad memory. Or the mum married to Roddy with no children. 
do they exist in some other parallel dimension? Or did they cease to exist when I delivered that letter and Alan Shearer to a 12-year-old Pi and this world became reality instead? I hope it's the last one, but I guess I'll never know now. And maybe that's for the best. Anyway, I'm pretty confident that the whole thing will be our family's secret. Auntie Hypatia still lives in Canada, but seems to be much more part of our lives than before. I mean, before I had only met her once, and Grandpa Byron hardly ever mentioned her. Now she's on Skype all the time. It was a long conversation with Mom, though, and I know it's been hard for her. I think she's okay with it all. But she doesn't really want to know any of the details, any of the time travel stuff. Eh, honestly, it does my head in, she says, and I can't really blame her. But I think she's pretending about being confused. This morning she got a package from Amazon that contained a fridge magnet. The background was a starry sky and the words were this. Time present and time past are both perhaps present in time future and time future contained in time past. Written by T.S. Eliot for Quartet. Which actually is kind of what Dad was saying all along. She tried to get me to read the rest of the poem, but it's like pages and pages long. I'll probably read it when I'm older or something. I have tried to tell her about Steve and Carly and my life with them and her, but she doesn't want to know that. At least not yet. And now there's one other thing niggling at me, really, and it's Carly. I keep thinking of the high five we exchanged in the taxi on the way back from the Graham and Bella episode. It might not seem much, but compared with the open hostility that had preceded it, it was like that high five was a treaty of peace after a war. Then I think of the terror on her face when she found me in her room the other day. For that matter, I even started feeling sorry for kicking Jolly and Dancy in the way that I had, but only for a little bit, if I'm honest. I want to change all of this, and ignoring it won't help. I remember Grandpa Byron's words during our last but one, and only one of two rows now. Escaping is not changing, Al. I have an idea. Well, I say an idea like it's something special. But all I do is send her a text. I thought about going to her Facebook page and getting all mystical, but I figured that I'd exploited the spiritual amen side of her before. And I feel a bit different towards her now anyway. Remember the picture of Carly that I took the night we did the seance cross-legged behind the mirror and candle arrangement? She said she'd send it to me, and the first time I charged my phone, 
Up it popped like a strange echo of another dimension. I can easily send it to her. I add the message, you won't remember this, but I do. And then, because I don't want her to think I'm all stalky or anything, I add, my name's Al, I'm not a stalker. And then I add a smiley face. Then I change it to an extra smiley smiley face, which is a bit of a, which is a bit friendlier than a wink. It's going to be quite interesting for Carly or freaky as she'll probably say to receive a probably say to receive a very recent photo of herself doing some kind of goth ritual that she can't remember i hit send before i can think too much about it then there's the little manner of school which starts again next week after the half term break i know it's far too soon and I feel sick with nerves about it, but there's no getting out of it. It's a different school for me, at least. I'm going to a secondary school at Colvercott that I set fire to in a par parallel dimension, now called Sir Henry Percy Academy. It's a lot different now. Apparently, there's a new gym and a science building and Mrs. Petro who's now the senior administrator and probably close to retirement, has got a big new computer, as have all the classrooms, and there's dozens in the ICT department. It's going to be a bit weird first, because there'll be kids that I know from primary school, but I won't know anything about the last four years. I'm not sure how to handle that, to be honest. But if I keep my head down for the first few weeks, I should be okay. I'm thinking of concocting some sort of a brain injury or something that has left my memory affected. Massive memory loss would be believable, just about. And Grandpa Byron thinks it's hilarious. Okay now, here's a funny thing. Remember Grandpa Byron's copy of the memory places of the Sri Kalpana, the one he gave to me, right? And I gave it back to the other Grandpa Byron with the note left on Pi's bed. Well, Grandpa Byron, the real Grandpa Byron, still has his own copy. How does that work? How many copies are there? How many Grandpa Byrons are there? And come to think of it, how many me's are there? It's just been the one me all the way through this adventure. And I know that because I can remember it. Our memories make us who we are, says Grandpa Byron, when he agrees to teach me his method for memorising every day of your life. And I tell you, he is so pleased to be asked. Choose one moment in every day that is worth cherishing. Welcome that moment into your memory place. Nurture it always. And it will never leave you. On warm spring afternoons like this, I often go down to the promenade. 
it's a proper promenade now. Not just a level bit on top of a seawall. There's a railing that I can lean on and look out over the sea. And remember a boy called Pie and his new friend Al, who had a hamster called Alan Shearer. And then I pick up my pace and head home because number one, mom has made lasagna. Number two, dad will be back from home base with a new hamster down. Number three, my phone just paid with an incoming text from Carly and number four, Grandpa Byron will be waiting for me to watch Mind Games. And that is it. The end. Um, I hope you enjoyed that. You have certainly invested hours and hours and hours reading a pretty wonderful book about time travelling. And I hope it was time well spent. Um, I would love to see the look on your faces and it doesn't seem right to talk about our next book so soon since we just closed this book. However, I am really, really, really looking forward to reading The Borrowers with you on podcast. Um, have a smashing holiday, kids. We are missing you all very much. Be good. Remember to follow our diamond rules and do as your parents and carers say. Take care and I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Bye bye.